0: Listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club—the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone! Brian, how was uh, your Christmas? Or how, what, any big traditions that you guys are doing?
1: Oh, uh, my wife and I go on a big Midwestern tour. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's time to be in the plan. Midwest, uh, yeah. weather-wise and everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do Do you have any holiday movies
1: you watch every year?
0: Um, you know, just the ones that are uh, usually on TV. There's a great production here in Chicago of um, "It's a Wonderful Life," where that guy loses all that money and then his neighbors have to bail him out. You seen that one?
1: I've never seen that all the way through. Just bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I see it on TV, usually it's in bits and pieces, and it's black and white, so I'm usually not interested. But um, the production is really cool because they make it seem like you're at a radio or in like a, I, I guess. Back in like the fifties or sixties, like you'd go to these productions and you'd be like in a radio. Oh, it's like when they do um, like shows on the radio and they'd have like a sound guy and all that stuff. Yeah, nice. These voice actors. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, You you got your eggnog game going on at all?
1: Um, I had some eggnog this year. I never make any, but our neighbors had a party and had some legit eggnog, so that was great. Oh man,
0: yeah, spiked. Yep. Yeah, it's the only way, man. Yeah, it's a bummer eggnog isn't around more often. I know. it's the pumpkin spice latte of Christmas.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: Yeah. So, for our holiday movie this year, we've chosen uh, a movie that takes place on Christmas or around Christmas. Um, we're doing the 2015 horror film um, Krampus, directed by Michael Do- Doherty or Dowdry?
1: I think it's Doherty.
0: Doherty, okay. Uh, starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and Todd Packer. You recognize him in it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did.
0: Is he is he I feel like he's always Todd Packer in like every role he plays?
1: Pretty much, yeah. The only roles I really know him from are Anchorman and Anchorman two and the office. Yeah. Todd Packer. And isn't he like the same person in all those? Yeah, pretty much. Kind of a character actor. Yeah, yeah. David I, I, Ketchner, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think so. Uh he yeah, he's he's a funny guy. I like watching him on screen. Yeah, he is. Um, had you seen *Krampus* before or was this your first time watching it?
1: This was my first time. How about you?
0: Yeah, I think I saw it in theaters when it came out two years ago. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but I don't think I appreciate it as much as I did uh, watching it on this round. I think the first time I went to see it, I was expecting like something a little scarier, but I, I don't know. So a lot of people call this a horror comedy. Is, is that what you would put it as as well?
1: Yeah, that's very accurate.
0: I still don't entirely get the comedy angle of it. I mean, there's like some family jokes in the beginning, and I guess some of the, the villains throughout it are kind of comedic. Um, is is that your take on it?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's like a gingerbread man attack scene, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> With like cartoon gingerbread man. Yeah.
0: oh Yeah. That is. Gingerbread <laughs> I, people. I guess you can't take that too seriously then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the story of Krampus is of um, a, a demon or I don't know if he's a demon, but he's some uh, folklore figure. That is a part of Christmas, and I guess he goes house to house. And according to the mythology, he's like he hangs out with uh, Saint Nick on Christmas and like goes house to house. And apparently, if you're bad, instead of getting coals, you get um, taken away by uh, Krampus. Is that is that what he does?
1: It sounds like it. Yeah, I I think it might vary based on the uh, different regions and different cultures.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like um, Aust- Austria has a version. Other countries have a different version.
1: Yeah. Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Hungary, Northern Italy. Wow. A few more. Yeah. Uh, and I think if he didn't say so, he's depicted as half goat, half demon.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting combination. I, I don't feel like I was aware of, campus, er, of uh, Krampus growing up. Um, were you?
1: I was not aware of Krampus until I started to get into horror movies. Well, I guess, I mean, I was into horror movies when I was young, but not until the past few years. Through yeah. horror
0: movies, right? Yeah, same here. I, I don't feel like he's a pot, part, big part of Christmas here. Um, are there? A, have you seen like a few movies about Krampus?
1: No, there are a few movies about Krampus, but the only one I've seen featuring Krampus is a Christmas horror story, which you and I watched together. Yes,
0: yeah, your favorite uh, Christmas horror <laughs> film,
1: right? <laughs> I do not like that movie, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's Krampus, the Christmas Devil from twenty thirteen, a sequel to that in twenty sixteen. Um, I think there was a few more too. I thought I wrote them down, but I didn't, but there's, there's definitely a handful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Uh, Yeah. He he actually, I mean, if you look at him and like even in, uh, if you look at the, the historical portrayals of him, he's, he's pretty scary looking. So it makes sense that horror films would pick up on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a Frankenstein or a werewolf or vampire. It's a, Horror character that existed before movies, Mm -hmm. so I think it's, I think it's it makes a lot of sense that he's we're starting to see him depicted in movies more and more now.
0: Right. Yeah. Maybe becoming more of a classical uh, horror villain. Yeah. It's weird that you don't have these characters with like Easter or um, what? What are some of the other like big uh, religious holidays? Um, You know, Hanukkah. I mean, how how come like those uh, holidays don't have like a Associated like evil personality like this one does
1: Yeah, I don't know and I'm I mean the history of this goes way back I think it's not even totally clear how it started. I think it predates Christianity, so it's hard to say why This guy ended up existing and there isn't a similar thing for Easter
0: Yeah, I know I feel like every holiday needs to have that good bad guy good cop bad cop
1: Yeah, I would Uh, like to see more of that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the horror movie World could use that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, I, I guess, like, yeah, so Krampus, as you mentioned, was like kind of this big thing in Europe. And then I, I saw in 1923, uh, Austria, I think, um, banned Krampus and any kind of like celebration around Krampus, which I think Krampus, uh, like the day of Krampus is like December 6th or something. And they, they banned all celebration of that for a long time. And then it got picked up again, like towards the end of the century.
1: Interesting. I thought I read something about that. Yeah, do you know why they did that?
0: Um, no, I, I think it had to do with like the political parties coming in and maybe um, more of a, a Christian, um, you know, popular movement taking, uh, you know, getting control of the government, and so they right. kind of outlawed the celebration of Krampus, which it almost—I think Krampus has like pagan roots, so it's, it's yeah, almost... it
1: sounds like it. But he kind of like goes hand in hand with Santa Claus too, like he's like Santa's shadow. I've heard him called. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like—is it Christian or is it not? I mean, right. it's definitely not like. Big time Christian canon, because I never knew about this growing up as a Catholic. But
0: yeah, yeah, it's some it's some pretty pretty crazy uh crazy stuff on the Christian side. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to see this come to life. And uh, speaking of like Christmas horror movies in general, um, I, I know there are, like a few out there.
1: Like, do you have a favorite? I think Black Christmas from nineteen seventy four is probably my favorite. Interesting. Um, that one just seems like a straight up.
0: Sl- I, I haven't seen it, but it seems like a straight up slasher film.
1: It really is kind of a straight up slasher film. I don't remember how prominent Christmas really was. Yeah. Um, but Gremlins is another one that's very Chris. I think it's pretty Christmassy.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of one that comes to mind for sure. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. I'll, 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 Gremlins was such a fun one. I, I think that was uh that was Steven Spielberg, right? That did Gremlins.
1: I believe so. Yeah. 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 That was, that was a good no. One. No. Joe Dante oh
0: shoot yeah I don't know I thought it was Spielberg
1: maybe Spielberg was involved somehow
0: yeah yeah I' have to, I'll have to look that one up again um yeah. you know you know what I think is a really underrated classical uh horror Christmas horror film go for it home alone like that whole series you know you could totally <laughs> you could
1: like reshoot that movie as a horror movie
0: yeah you just like uh, change the soundtrack up I mean, it's just yep. like a home invasion on on Christmas Day and so these people are trying to kill a kid.
1: It's pretty dark. <laughs> and some extreme violence happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really extreme violence. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, this pretty, it's, it's almost torture porn at the end of the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hard to deny.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see the unrated version of that one. <laughs> uh, and, and then last year you and I saw a movie that it sounds like neither of us are a fan of, The uh, Christmas Horror Story, which was a pr- pretty bad anthology, I think.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen that getting some love on Twitter this holiday season, but I th- I think it's kind of a stinker.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think I, I saw some of those lists too, like uh, 10 best Christmas horror films, and Krampus like, generally came to the top uh, for a lot of them,
1: which I thought was good. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely one of the better, it's one of the ones that's jokey without being like way over the top jokey. Like yeah. Jack Frost is oh. one that's really God. cheesy. Yeah, I remember that one. Which I actually really
0: like that one, but it's pretty <laughs> over the top. Yeah, it's like it's like a pretty standard B movie, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, you're right. Kremfis has like a pretty nice balance of of scares and some horror and like some family stuff. It's, it's pretty good.
1: It's actually got a pretty heavy Gremlins vibe to it. Oh, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I could see that actually. Um in, in like the tone and atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally I could see that. Um, this movie was, like, directed by someone we're not a big fan of, though. Uh, it's the same guy who did Trick or Treat.
1: Yeah, and I controversially don't like that movie, I don't think he really liked it either. No. Um, uh, but I actually, I liked this one better.
0: Yeah, me too. I was, I was surprised. I, I wouldn't have guessed it was, it was the Trick or Treat guy, because this one just felt like a lot more original and, uh, um, had, you know, it, a better, like, kind of mix to it. But it's tough to compare to Trick or Treat since that's kind of an anthology. But this is like a Anthologies full Anthologies are tough.
1: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of Michael Doherty. He's written some movies that I really like, um, like, like X-Men 2 and too? X-Men Apocalypse.
0: Oh. <laughs> Wait, you liked X-Men Apocalypse? I did. Ah, oh, come on, man. That's like the worst of X-Men out there.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I take that back. So, uh, you see X-3? They're worse. X-3 is bad, and then that Wolverine Origins movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. that one. The first one movie. was bad.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah, actually, actually, Apocalypse was entertaining. Yeah, um, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't high art, but it was. I liked it.
0: Yeah, oh, and, and yeah, X Two was like one of the best X Men. So he he wrote that one. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, good for him. And he's writing a sequel to Trick or Treat, which maybe that'll be a better attempt.
1: Yeah, and he's directing uh Godzilla King of the Monsters, which comes out next year.
0: Yeah. So he, he's a pretty big budget director. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Be doing this stuff. Um, it also, I, I thought the cast in this was like pretty big names uh, with like Adam Scott um, from like Parks and Rec and uh, Tony Collette, who we saw in like Hereditary earlier this summer. Yep. So you had some big stars on this.
1: Yeah. And um, speaking of Trick or Treat, did you notice there was a comic book made for this movie as well, just like there was for Trick or Treat? Um,
0: oh, are you talking about like that middle segment, that animated part?
1: No, like there were legit comic books made after the movie, like oh. tie comic books.
0: Oh, no, no. Uh, for Krampus? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I guess Michael Jordy might just be a comic book fan.
0: Yeah. So that's his trend. He writes these movies and then he has like a spinoff comic book from it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'd, I'd check it out. I'd, I'd give it a read. Yeah, for I
1: sure. I would too, actually. I would check both of those out.
0: It sounds like actually he's, I I wonder if he's like really inspired by comic books, because I I noticed uh, there was something in this movie that references something from Calvin and Hobbes, um, like the noodle incident that they talk about, and they never define it, and I think something something like that happened in Calvin and Hobbes, so maybe he's a comic book fan at heart, probably.
1: Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, that noodle incident, it's kind of, it sounds like it's become a bit of a trope, you just kind of reference something like, oh, the neighbors haven't liked us ever since the noodle incident. Yeah, and you exactly. don't ever explain what it is, it just leaves the audience wondering. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you end up imagining some ridiculous scenario <laughs> involving noodles. Yeah,
0: yeah. Later, we can talk about our theories on what, what, what the incident
1: was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so uh, big names, uh, good, good, good director, I guess. You know, he's, he's not the worst. We'll, we'll forgive him for trick or treat. It sounds like he's got some other credibility there. Um, and we're
1: probably like the only two horror fans that don't like trick or treat.
0: <laughs> that's how you know we're the real horror fans. <laughs> <laughs> or the worst. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. <laughs> uh, it, anyone else? Uh, I think mean, Berta from Two and a Half Men is in
1: this. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then the kid Max, I recognized him from Chef. From like a uh, John Favreau movie about starting oh, a food truck.
0: Yeah, that's where he's from.
1: Yeah, and he uh, was in this. Pretty bad movie called Bad Moms with uh, Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell.
0: Oh, I remember seeing ads for that one. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's young. He was I think he was like thirteen when this was done, probably.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, um, pretty good though. I, I appreciate. Yeah, I it was, he's, I, yeah, he's a pretty good little actor. Yeah, as far as these kid actors go. Um, any other background on on Krampus uh, before we dive into some of the spoilers?
1: Um, the only other thing you, you had mentioned, It's a Wonderful Life, at the beginning of the show, and I think Michael Doherty kind of discussed how It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Carol are both, like, characters experiencing the darker side of divine intervention, and that's kind of like what's going on here, like a scared straight scenario by a divine being.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, sure.
1: Because in this... In this story, we—I don't know if we did a quick plot summary for this—but basically, everyone's losing the Christmas spirit in this family, so right. they have to be punished by Krampus.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, and, and uh, similar to uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," right, where he's kind of forgotten, uh, he's lost his faith in like his friends and stuff, and he's got to yeah. be reminded by like an angel. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of a spin on that theme.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting parallels about yeah people doing Christmas. Not losing, losing the spirit and having to be getting scared back into them.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think the only other thing I would mention is some Ohio connections.
0: Yeah. What got, do you got? I've got
1: a few this time.
0: Oh, boy. All right. Let's hear them.
1: So I mentioned, I used it in the trick-or-treat episode, I assume, but Michael Doherty's from Columbus, Ohio. Right. Yeah. In a cut scene from this movie, um, the lead scene that we don't see in the final film, there's a blizzard warning on the radio for the central Ohio area that covers Franklin County, Delaware County, and Warren Valley. And oh, Warren yeah. Valley is the fictional town that Trick or Treat took place in. Oh, interesting. So and the rest are, uh, are actual counties in, in Ohio.
0: So it's implied that this movie takes place in Ohio?
1: Yep. Yeah. Interesting. And then, since I always try to get as close to northeast Ohio as possible...
0: <laughs> yeah, Columbus doesn't
1: count. The noodle incident from Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes, the author, uh, Bill Watterson, grew up in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think he still lives there? I believe, hmm, I'm not sure if he's still with us or not, but at one point, our friend Alex, uh, consultant and super fan of the show, drove me by his house.
0: Wow. In Chagrin Falls? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what an awesome guy and such a legacy with that uh, comic.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, nice. Good connection. Yeah,
1: he was a pretty good guy until that whole uh, noodle incident.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's not talk about that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> hey. uh, anything else? Uh, well, I mean, the, the movie, I think, is obviously like a pr- pretty successful one. It, it, it did pretty well, right? Like on a budget of $16 million, I think it brought in like 60 or so... Uh, or sorry 15 million it brought in like 60 million so it seems like a pretty yep. popular hit and decent yeah, reviews pretty,
1: pretty decent box office uh pull yeah and i think it, it was the first like christmas horror big theater opening since the black christmas remake in 2006 so it had been almost 10 years since a christmas horror movie opened in the theaters
0: wow yeah that's that's a long time mm-hmm. um i didn't realize there was a, a remake of the black christmas uh, film
1: yeah it was supposed to be pretty bad
0: Yeah, sounds like it would be. Um, Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, you want to take a quick break here and uh, we'll come back and talk about the plot and some of the spoilers? Let's do it. All right. I got some uh, gingerbread men baking in the oven, so I'm just going to go check on them. I'll be right back. All right, Brian, I'm back.
1: Yeah? How, how are the gingerbread men doing?
0: You know, I don't know what happened, but they're not in there anymore. And I also noticed that a, a staple gun has gone missing, so <laughs> hopefully those two things are unrelated.
1: I can't see how they could be related. <laughs>
0: yeah, me neither. I, yeah, I mean, they, they probably someone probably just ate the cookies and is stapling something in another room.
1: <laughs> I know I like <laughs> to eat cookies when I staple. Yeah,
0: those two things used to go hand in hand. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this, this movie's kind of wonky and, 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 crazy and, and kind of fun, but, um, and, and we'll talk about that scene, which I, I think you're right, kind of ca- captures the comedy, the comedic elements of it. Um, but diving into the plot here. So this movie starts off, I, I thought with like a great montage of like an opening scene at a, on a mall around, uh, Christmas time. And, you know, I think they're playing some kind of, oh, they're playing Silent Night, maybe. Um, do you remember the, the song they were playing?
1: Boy, I really should remember what song it was. It was like a heartwarming traditional Christmas song.
0: Yeah. It was either Silent Night or, or yeah, so, some traditional other Christmas song. Um yeah. but but like it's set to the image of like all these people like fighting in a mall and like people like breaking down the doors and like running over people and rushing to like buy things at the counter. And then like this one uh, family that like there's like a, a photo shoot going on or or maybe it's uh, maybe it's like some kind of play or something. Or kids like singing a song and these two kids are just kind of on top of each other, fighting each other. And you see like Adam Scott uh, running towards uh, the kids, like grabbing one, and Tony Collette's also running towards them. So I thought it was kind of a cool opening, just to show like the chaos of Christmas and like juxtaposing it against you know the the Christmas spirit and, and like the, with the music.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a great opening.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty fun opening. Uh, so so then we jump to um, it's you know it's, it's like the twenty third or something. They're they're back at home and you know they uh, it's this family of Adam Scott as the dad, Tony Klatz the mom, and uh, they have two kids, um, uh, a boy and a girl. And, and the son's uh, name is Max, and he's kind of yep. like the main character. Um, but uh, he and, and then it's he, it's him, his sister Beth, and then uh, their grandmother Omi that like uh, live live at home. So they get home, and uh, there's just some bickering between them, you know, like, I think they're shutting up the scene where, like, Max is kind of like this true, like, you know, he really believes in Christmas, and I think, I feel like he still believed in Santa Claus. I wasn't sure about that.
1: Yeah, he definitely still believes in Santa Claus, even though he is aware that he is too old to do so.
0: Yeah, but he's, like, still writing letters to Santa Claus for some reason. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and, and his sister is, like, you know, older than him and teasing him. And then, uh, and then, you know, the family's just kind of stressed out because they're having some people come for the holidays, some ex- extended family. And that part, when the extended family arrives, it's kind of like a Christmas vacation, uh, tribute where it's, like, just, like, this crazy uncle and aunt and, like, three or four, like, kind of hillbilly kids that come. Uh, I, I thought they were all kind of funny characters. That yeah, it was of,
1: definitely very Christmas vacation-y.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the the kooky aunt and uncle.
1: Yeah, David Keshner was basically the Randy Quaid of this movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, this like a uh, hardcore Republican, like gun-toting, driving like uh, a Hummer uh, around, and he's just like the perfect like opposite of like Adam Scott, who's like the father of Max, and is like kind of more, uh, you know, uh, you know the the traditional father, I guess.
1: he's a bit more buttoned up, and yeah, they, they imply you know this family's a bit more liberal and wealthy, and. Yeah. That kind of make it seem like this family's kind of redneck Republicans.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you kind of have that uh, tension from the beginning where, like, you know, there's this friction between the two uh, families. You have, like, the kids who aren't excited to share a bedroom or whatever, and, you know, the typical holiday setup. Um, but uh, in all of this, I, g- I guess what happens um, that kind of sets everything in motion is, like, Max has written a letter to Santa, um, and one of the, the cousins, who, they're like these two girls who are twins, um, but they're kind of, you know, tomboyish, they, uh, they steal the letter from him and, like, read it to everyone and kind of embarrass him, and it says things like, oh, I wish, you know, Christmas could go back to being how it was, and, you know, just, you know, general good-hearted Christmas note to Santa, and so Max is, like, really embarrassed, he, like, rips up the letter and, uh, and, like, throws it out the window, and that sets in motion these clouds that come in and, like, it starts to get, like, dark and starts stirring really heavily outside, um... Anything else from the setup you think?
1: I think before he did that, before he like ran upstairs and tore up his note, he kinda screamed to everybody that he hated them. Oh yeah, and you're right. Yeah, after that. It the was fight. a very like home alone moment. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, uh, kinda like I wish my family would disappear type thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then he woke up the next morning and they'd all gone away. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, no, but so yeah, Max wakes up the next morning and the first sign that like something's off is uh, he looks out the window and uh, he notices like that there's this uh, a snowman like in their yard, like a pretty menacing looking snowman. And you know he tries to tell his mom and dad about it, but they don't, they're not really interested because at the same time like the house has like lost all power and they've lost all reception. It's just been like this really bad storm. So they're all kind of like trapped in there. And, um, and then, so, so yeah, they, they don't really care that, you know, there's this mysterious snowman that's snowed up in the yard, that showed up in the yard. And then, uh, Beth has been, like, texting with, like, or she was texting the night before with uh, her boyfriend, which, who lives a few blocks away. She goes to check on him, and, and that's when we get our first kind of horror sequence, where she's walking down the street and she sees this big shadowy figure kind of watching her from the, uh, from the top, from the top of, like, a, a neighbor's house. And I think all you see is like it's draped in a coat and it's got maybe a horn sticking out of it. And it's like it's it and then it like jumps from house to house. It's like this huge creature that's just kind of stalking her down the street and like jumping from rooftop to rooftop, which I, I thought this is a pretty scary scene. What, what, what did you think?
1: Yeah, it was it didn't quite get me, but it, it had some some suspense and ominousness to it.
0: Yeah, I, I like the way he was presented as like he's just like this hulking figure in the distance. You don't really like see a close up and then like she has she like runs and like dives under a truck and um you see like the this creature's uh hooves land on the ground and uh and then it, it disappears and then um a jack in the box uh kind of shows up right out next to the truck she's hiding under and something pops out from there and then like just grabs her and pulls her in. And that's the last we see of her. Yep. Uh, yeah,
1: Jack in the Box is always creepy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so we don't know. We we think Beth is dead. Perhaps um, she's she's gone. So meanwhile, um, you know the the, the uh, her dad at home and uncle. Uh, I think the uncle's name is Uncle Howard or whatever. Um, they they get worried about Beth and like you know we'll go out there and look for her. So uh, they jump into the uncle's uh, Hummer. That's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a tank and and they head out because the roads are so bad and the snow is so bad. So they're driving along um, and they show up to the boyfriend's house. They go in and the house is just like destroyed. Um, You know, there's like snow and ice everywhere. And uh, I think they see like weird uh, animal marks on the ground. They don't really understand what happens. Then they think they hear Beth screaming outside. And so they run outside and something like from the snow attacks uh, the uncle and starts like pulling him away. So uh, at this time, I think Adam Scott like has a gun, he pulls it on and, and like shoots whatever it was like in the snow um, attacking the uncle and they escape and, and run back home. The Their Hummer has been like destroyed and like blown up. Um, so that, that was another kind of attack sequence, so kind of kind of warming up, what, what did you think of that one?
1: Yeah, it was good, it was suspenseful and then we get the table's turn where Howard kind of thinks Adam Scott's character Tom is a wuss. and. Yeah, Tom saves him. Um, so then you've got the dynamic where Howard's like, "I was wrong, you know. Thanks for yeah. having my ass back there."
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is so, so they are kind of building a more relationship. One of the lines uh, Howard keeps saying, uh, keeps saying in this movie, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. He, like as as things are going wrong, it's like, "Oh, should have gone to my brother's house. Should have gone to my brother's house." Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was funny. Every time he said that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so yeah, they they're all they're back at the house. They've like boarded the doors. They're they're freaked out because they know something's out there like hunting them, um, and uh, the, like the, the the family's kind of freaking out. So they all kind of fall asleep together in the family room, like hunkered in. Um, the uncle's like supposed to be on watch, but he falls asleep. And that night, um, a gingerbread man like pops down the, um, the fire escape. I think it was a gingerbread man, right?
1: Yeah, that- and. Omi at at one point told them to keep the fire hot, and they all fell asleep, and the fire went out.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. So yeah, so the fire's gone out. Suddenly, like the gingerbread man comes down the 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 chimney, and he's like he's got like a he's on a chain with a hook on it, and one of the cousins uh, sees this, and he like walks over there to like eat it, and he like picks up the gingerbread man and takes a bite out of its head, and then he looks at it, and the gingerbread man like kind of screams at him, which I I thought was kind of (laughs) funny. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, then there's this whole thing I think where, like, the chain like gets wrapped around, uh, the cousin and starts, like, pulling him off this chimney, and the whole family is, like, wakes up and is, like, trying to save him and, like, pull him out and, and, uh, keep him from, like, being, uh, pulled up into the chimney, but they're not able to, and, and the kid slips through their, uh, their fingers and disappears. Um, so, so that was kind of an intense scene. And, and now like everyone's like, oh my God, you know, something crazy is happening and they can hear like running and like footsteps, like somewhere in the attic and something going on up there. So they know they're being kind of stalked. And I think it's at this point where the grandmother, uh, tells them the story of Krampus, right?
1: Yep. And we cut to that animated sequence of her past.
0: Yeah. And I, I always like when a movie does that, like switches up the format and like throws in like some animation when you're n- not expecting it.
1: Yeah, you know it works. It in some ways it reminded me of how in Trick or Treat he started with like a comic book element and didn't really come back to it enough. Oh yeah, in my opinion, and I was kind of like nitpicking that in that review. But yeah, I it kind of fit with this one.
0: Yeah, in this one it kind of reminded me more of like uh, in Kill Bill when like they do flashbacks, or, or there's that one flashback they do, um, for uh, the girl uh, one of the killers from like Japan or something, and it just kind of shows a flashback. And you can kind of tell, okay, it's animated, it's like a different period. And, it, you know, it gives them a sense to show off some artwork, I guess.
1: Right, and like a flashback in a movie is typically an opportunity to make it a different style. or yeah. Not even an opportunity, but like having it be a different style can just help the viewer remember that they're yep. watching a flashback. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and, and in this flashback, uh, the grandmother basically relates how when she was younger, She, I don't know, had a bad Christmas or something or just wasn't really happy about Christmas and didn't want it, uh, or, you know, she lost her spirit somehow and Krampus came and basically took her whole family away and left her to like, remember, like, this is what happens when you, uh, lose your Christmas spirit, I guess. Is that the gist of the story?
1: Yep. Yeah. He kind of almost, I don't know if he literally winked at her, but it was kind of like a, now you know. Yeah. Take this knowledge with you.
0: Yeah. And next time it's Christmas. Be, yeah, be in the mood, celebrate it. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so she, she explains that it's it's uh, this Krampus figure who's like after them and um she's uh you know kinda I don't know if people believe her at this point. Um but then uh, I think at this point uh, they hear something going on in the attic and um I think uh oh what oh what happens is like uh, the two twin uh cousins they're like going to the bathroom or something and suddenly like, they get uh, taken by something and, and they're screaming from the attic. So uh, I think three of the parents like run up there um, and I, th- I thought this scene was kind of crazy. Those, was uh, this like big, I don't even know what you'd call that, like a clown uh, figure type thing with like a long tail. What was that thing?
1: I don't know. There were a bunch of like dolls and toys that were very creepy looking.
0: Yeah. And they just like started attacking these adults, uh, the three parents, and yeah, uh, one
1: of them looked like kind of maybe it was like an, an angel. It was like a doll with wings.
0: Yeah, one was like a like a, a mach- like a robot with like yep. like knives and like sharp sharp stuff on it. Yeah, and then, and the other is like this huge like clown with like a big tail that like it would open its mouth and make this crazy sound. I thought that was pretty freaky.
1: Oh yeah, that thing yeah. The, the angel, the winged one, was the creepiest to me. But yeah, they were, these were some, uh, it was a little goofy, but it was also like genuinely creepy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So th- there's this whole attack scene going on in the attic. Uh, they're, they're fighting them off with like, um, or they're trying to, I mean, they're, they're getting uh, overtaken, but then you know they're swinging bats at them and stuff. And then while well, this is going on uh, downstairs, uh, the uncle, um, Tom, or, sorry, Todd Packer, the uncle, He's he's down there, uh, and one of the d- the gingerbread cookies. I think there are three of them. Like they kind of start shooting at him with a staple gun, and he's like you know blocking it with a, a cutting board. And then finally he like gets a shotgun and like kind of shoots them all, which I, I thought was a pretty cool, intense, and fun scene. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was starting to feel very Gremlinsy between these two sequences. What was yeah. going on in the attic and downstairs?
0: Yeah, but good, I thought like good visual effects and everything too. This is a good
1: production. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like the gingerbread people were clearly CGI, but that, that was how yeah. it was supposed to be. It wasn't like they were, they were aware of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That, yeah. That was, that was a fun scene to watch. So anyway, so they all kind of regroup uh, downstairs. Um, and they're just like, yeah, well, what the hell happened? Um, like they, they can't believe what's going on. And then a bunch of like uh, elves like break into the place and like run around them. I didn't really understand this scene. Um like oh and and they steal they steal the baby I guess it was one one of the cousins is like a baby they run off with the baby um, and in, does anyone die at, else die at this part
1: I think the aunt might die hmm I can't remember I feel like the aunt might shotgun an elf pretty thoroughly or no maybe she I think she shoots the uh, winged doll with a shotgun oh yeah uh, I don't yeah I don't remember if anybody dies in this scenario but this is kind of the beginning of. People starting to fall off.
0: Yeah, yeah. The baby's gone. I, I think you're right. I think the aunt might still be in the picture. So
1: <laughs> I don't know when this quote happened, but somewhere in one of these ac- action sequences, the aunt, who's that woman from Two and a Half Men, says, "I'm old enough to know when life is coming at you with his pants down." Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she had some good lines in there. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Yeah. She, she brought a she brought a good character uh, to it. A good, good dynamic. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, at this point they're like, you know, we got to get out of this house, and I, I think they're running for safety because they saw like a snow plow outside, and so they 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 like leave the house, and uh, they're getting kind of picked off now, like one by one, uh, as as they go to, towards the snow uh, plow, like something in the snow is like getting them, or the elves are taking them, or something's going on. Um, yep. So uh, they they get picked off, and I, I think what you end up with are just like Max and one of his cousins like make it to the snowplow while everyone else like kind of dies, right?
1: Yeah, and we'll get to this in the review, but some of these people just kind of disappear very quickly without much Yeah. Uh, without much fanfare.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like I can't even remember like when the uncle exactly dies. Yeah. Um, it
1: it happens it starts happening really fast.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh so now, now him and uh, one of his cousins uh, are in the truck, and I think she gets like Krampus comes, and, like basically, I think Krampus pulls her out of the truck, right? I think so, yeah. I forget how she dies, um, but then
1: <laughs> it's literally such a blur because,
0: yeah, it's all like within like three minutes, like everyone's knocked out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, then, then at this point, uh, I, I think so Max like realizes. Um, like, you know, okay, I, I gotta do something to like show that I have the spirit still or that I'm sorry or that, you know, like I, I understand the meaning. And so he, uh, he gets out of the, the truck and he sees like all of the creatures like Krampus and they're all like hanging out like, uh, I don't know, like by a pit or something in, in a big fire. yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he walks up to them and, uh, he tells, uh, Krampus, like, he kind of apologizes and is like, you know, my family back, take me instead. And, um, I don't think, I, I don't think, uh, does he, does he jump into the, the pit?
1: No, they end up grabbing him and throwing him in the pit.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, he gets, uh, I, I so I, I, think, uh, Krampus gives Max like a, like a, a little ornament. Um. Oh, and, Right. Right. And then, yep. and, and then yeah, and then Max is like apologizing, and then Krampus basically uh, throws him into like this big like fiery pit, um, and then the next scene, Max like wakes up and he's like at home in his room, and it's like nothing ever happened, and he goes downstairs, everyone's like opening presents, um, and then he uh, he opens like this this box, and it's that ornament that Krampus gave him. And everyone kind of looks at it like really weird, like they're like, whoa, you know, like it's it's almost as if they knew what it was. And then like it kind of zooms out and we see that like them and like their house, they're like in a snow globe that, yep. that that's like sitting in Krampus's uh, lair or whatever that with a bunch of other snow globes of other houses. And yeah, uh, we
1: see Krampus's big clawed hand on the snow globe.
0: Right. Yeah and that's kind of the end. Well, there's like a pop-out scene where like a bunch of the elves pop out, but I think that's where it ends, right?
1: Yeah, so you're kind of left knowing or left wondering like is this a happy ending and they were given a second chance and now they're all back in the Christmas spirit and the Krampus ornament just kind of reminds them like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that that did happen though and we got to stay on track." Right. Or like are they in some weird Version of hell, like, yeah, doomed to repeat the same Christmas morning over and over again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it sounds like uh, the filmmakers never really came out and said, but there are a few theories out there, right?
1: Yeah, so the f- Michael Doherty never came out and said it, but in a tie end comic book, I think the comic book kind of implies that the happy ending is the true one.
0: Oh, okay, based on the comic book, yeah. So the, the, the happy ending is the one where Krampus is watching them f- through a snow globe, but they, they're still like fine and they're like alive in the real world.
1: Yeah. It kind of means like the snow globes just kind of symbolism to say, you know, Krampus is still always watching.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Even though it kind of felt like to me, my impression was, oh, they're trapped in this little hell that is this snow globe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that, that, that part, that, that was kind of scary and, and messed up that, yeah. uh, yeah, they'd be trapped in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so basically like everyone died in this and then, um, Max, yeah, we're, we're not sure what his ultimate fate was. Yeah. And then, yep, yeah. Yeah. It was
1: weird because the, when they smile with the ornament, do they remember the events of the past? Like, that's, that's what it looked like. And, and then just yeah. like, don't say anything about it because they feel like they better <laughs> not or.
0: Yeah. Let's never talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it looked like they all like saw the ornament and knew what it meant. Um, and they all kind of freaked out. So um, it, yeah, it, it, they, they must have, like, all happened. They must, like, all be aware of it, but uh, maybe it's just a reminder, like, never give up on Christmas again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which I, like, I have a little bit of a love-hate relationship with the ending. I like that it was open for interpretation, but mm-hmm. it, it feels like it ended, like, three or four times. Like, everybody got killed and Max was left, and I thought it was going to be just, like, the grandma. Like, Yeah. he was going to leave Max... Oh, As a yeah. a reminder, like, right. okay, you see what can happen. Now, yeah. like, go ahead and live your life with Christmas spirit. Yeah, that would
0: have made a lot more um, sense.
1: Yeah, and then he encounters all the, like, elves and Krampus around the pit, and then mm-hmm. the happy ending, and then the snow globe. It was just kind of like, oh. It, it, the ending felt like it dragged out and also happened fast.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> a combination of those two. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Like, like Adam Scott and Tony Collette's death scenes, like I said before, they didn't have... A ton of drama. Adam Scott's was a little bit better because he kind of like sacrificed himself for the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like but shooting at the snake. Like, yeah. Yep. He's like, you all go. And he like hung back to shoot it and fend it off. Right. And Tony Collette just like really quickly looks at Max and is like, I love you. And then gets pulled into the snow.
0: Oh, yeah. Once they're in the truck. Yep.
1: It was like a weirdly quick shot. It was almost like they were in a rush. The studio that day, and we're like, all right, we only have one take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: we only have these guys for another hour. <laughs> we can't afford them yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That the whole the end sequence, I think it gets it gets really rushed, and, uh, and you're not sure what happens. But but then, yeah, then then it kind of drags uh, once, like yeah, I think once everyone's dead, and he kind of like walks up and he's like apologizing to Krampus. I think that part goes a little long.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and then we're
0: not, like, even sure, like, did he get forgiven or not? I mean, the theory is that, like, because he asked for forgiveness or offered to sacrifice himself, that's why he's able to save his family, potentially.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, it proved that he had learned his lesson and he was willing to sacrifice himself, so he had yeah. his family returned.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's I guess, what it takes to, to keep your family. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, kind of kind of uh, and- weird oddball ending. Uh, yeah,
1: and maybe there was even a bit of foreshadowing because at one point his grandma is telling him, like, people forget that the Christmas season is about giving and sacrifice. And, like, she <laughs> pauses before she says sacrifice and then kind of, like, looks deep in thought. Like, the sacrifice part is a little bit of foreshadowing.
0: Oh, yeah, right. When, was that so, before everything went down?
1: Yeah, that was, like, first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yep
0: right? yeah because once like all the action starts happening I don't feel like there are any extended dialogue scenes. yeah it's mostly just kind of screaming and running um <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that that makes sense uh what did you think but like you kind of see Krampus uh, at the end when when he walks up to there and it did, did you like think that was scary like the reveal of like Krampus's face uh you know I, I think he has like a long tongue he's like wearing like a Santa mask apparently.
1: Yeah, it was a little. It was creepy. I didn't realize at first that he was wearing a Santa Claus mask. I was yeah. Just like, oh, he looks like a kind of distorted version of Santa. Yeah. But the fact that he was wearing the mask actually makes it a bit more creepy.
0: Yeah, I know. I I, th- I just thought that was his face, but that's yeah, it's yeah. pretty pretty scary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked the uh, I liked the look of this movie. I liked the look of the elves too. I thought they were pretty creepy. Yeah, that elves that were they just like people in costumes? I don't know to tell you the truth.
0: Yeah. I, but I, I guess the elves are like a part of the whole mythology of Krampus, right?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Krampus is bizarro Santa, like oh, he yeah. travels with a posse and everything, just yeah. like Santa, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah, how many how many, uh, how many uh, um, snow globes would you give? Ooh, no, not snow globes. How about uh, shoot? Oh, how many Jack in the Boxes would you give this one? <laughs>
1: Uh, I would give this 3.5 jacks in the box. Ah, that's pretty generous. Yeah, I, uh, I liked it a lot. I think it was a better overall movie than Trick or Treat, and it had more heart, and it was, honestly, I thought more fun. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't incredible, and the ending, uh, took a lot away from it for me. Yeah. You bring up a really good I point. Also, yeah, I'll go ahead. I felt like you were really attached to all the characters, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I was, I was invested in the story.
0: Yeah. I really like that component too. I, I, I think I'd have to give it a, a four. Uh, and I think because of those points, like you had some great, like setup with like the family, the characters, the interplay between the characters. Um, and then, uh, I, I thought it was kind of a fun movie as it went along and the, the, the graphics are pretty good and it had a good mix of like, uh, you know, scaring you as well as like kind of being a little bit campy. You, you didn't find it scary at all though?
1: I didn't find it very scary. Um. So I thought you were gonna give it a a, a low score because it wasn't that scary, but oh, I'm a little surprised.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I must have just been easily easily spooked when I watched it.
1: <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I liked it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a fun we're, Christmas. We're spot. pretty close on this one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good addition to the the whole uh, Christmas horror area. Um, anything yeah. else that that jumped out to you about it? Or I yeah. So so uh, the actress who plays Beth. Is she? Did you recognize her from anything?
1: I didn't know.
0: Ah, uh, me neither. Right? I, I thought she did a good job.
1: She did. Yeah, all the acting was pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're all like uh, p- pretty well. And I mean, because you have like such a big uh, like all star cast in this, I'm surprised they're able to pull in like so many people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think some of those names aren't as big of names as we think they are. Like, Adam Scott is super recognizable to me because I love Parks and Rec. But yeah, he's not in. He's not necessarily a big name lead actor movie star. That's
0: true. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah.
1: Though he's in a decent amount of TV, um, yeah. and he was in Step Brothers, Hot Tub Time Machine too. But yeah, he's still not necessarily like a big leading man. And Tony Collette. Yeah. She kind of is, but she's. She's interesting because like. She was in The Sixth Sense and got, nominated for an Oscar. For for The I can't Sixth remember. Sense. She won. What's that?
0: She got nominated for her performance in The Sixth Sense. I think
1: she got nominated for best actress for Six Sense. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And she was in Little Miss Sunshine, but she's not yeah. necessarily like this huge movie star either, especially Pre-hereditary.
0: Right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and I, well now she's got a show on Netflix. Um, I forget what its called, uh, Wonderlust, I think. Um, okay. but yeah, you're you're right. She's not like a blockbuster like a, a huge I don't I, I doubt a lot of people would even know her name if they saw her. But she's yeah, not so Yeah, I
1: was telling my wife who she was and had to show her her picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a face you recognize, not necessarily a person, you know.
1: And these were, this movie was three years ago too, so I think Adam Scott has definitely, I think, increased in popularity since then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I I liked his character in this. It it was a very Adam Scott character, like kind of buttoned up, uh, you know, liberal, educated elitist.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. he's. All these people are usually a pretty similar character in all the fil- yeah. <laughs> the films that they're in.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> they play to their character.
1: I saw Toni Collette uh, named as a matriarch of horror in an article I read today.
0: Wow! Oh my god! wait I mean, just for those these three films that she's done?
1: Yeah, because I mean, she's a she's a mom in The Sixth Sense. She's a mom in Hereditary. I think mm-hmm. she's a mom in the new Fright Night. I oh, say new. It's not that new, but the, the yeah. updated, the remake. Wow. Okay. Um, I think she may have played a similar role in a movie, a thriller called The Night Listener, but I've never, I'm not very familiar with that one.
0: Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't realize she had like such a filmography in the horror genre.
1: Yeah. So it, it's not crazy, but it's, um, there's enough standoutness in there to, to take note. I mean, Sixth Sense and Hereditary Alone. Yeah. Are big deals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are those are like some of the biggest names, I think.
1: Uh, and and she, she, I think she
0: does a good job. Like she, it's uh, she almost feels like she's like a natural when it comes to playing these uh, characters in these horror films. The, yeah. The mother role. Indeed. Yeah. Very believable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I, I agree. I, I like the acting in this, uh, and yeah, the production was good and it was fun. So it's was, it was a good one, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we watched it.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Any, anything else?
1: No, I've never been huge into Christmas horror movies, but this this makes me want to get more into them.
0: I know, I know. I'd give some of the other ones a shot. Um, I I feel like I got to get around to watching Black Christmas. It seems like a yeah, man. That one's good.
1: That one's good. Yeah. Yep. I think Silent Night, Deadly Night is the next one on my list.
0: Ooh, yeah. Hey, there was another one. Uh, shoot, I forgot what the name was. It came out like two years ago. It's about like two kids who are at home on Christmas with like a babysitter. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I think we'll have to see it soon. It's it's a good uh, holiday uh, horror film. It's it's I've seen it come up on like some of these lists for like best holiday horror films.
1: Um, I think I've seen um, the Blood Buddies podcast posting about that. I think they might be doing an episode on it, and I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, yeah, it's escaping me.
0: Right Better now. watch out. Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that does look good. We'll have to watch that sometime.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, this is a good one to kick off the holiday spirit with. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, cool. Anything Speaking else? Of,
1: ending about four times I think that's what we're kind of doing here (laughs) yeah I know
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, let's let me quickly kill you off without any explanation (laughs) (laughs) I love you buddy all right later (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's all for uh, this episode everyone Uh, we hope you enjoyed our conversation about Krampus if you want to join the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror movie Pod on Twitter. Or shoot us an email at podcast at HorrorMovieClub.com. And be sure to check Facebook or Twitter for next week's movie in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is by Amy May Pop Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if your kids have been an asshole this year, skip out on the coal and just let Krampus do his work.